We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, Sarah, Lamar Jackson officially reported to Ravens training camp this week. So, yeah, I'm just going to go with this. The wait is over. Football's back. And Lamar's got everybody talking. He really does have people talking, including former Super Bowl winning wide receiver James Jones, who has spoken with Todd Munkin about this offense. Munkin told Jones that he's taking Lamar Jackson back to a Louisville style offense And then he gave a massive statement about Zay Flowers that I'm not buying into just yet. I'm Bobby Trossett alongside my co-host, Sarah Ellison. It is Friday, July 21st, and this is your morning Ravens update from Inside the Vault. Well, two former Ravens, RG3 and Dominique Foxworth, they both propose solutions for the running back market and all the craziness that's going on now. In my view, one is better than the other. Plus, a midnight photo posted by Adafe Owe in the lab, pre-training camp, OBJ's boxing video, and some Madden ratings are out for Mark Andrews and Marlon Humphrey. Yeah, we have all of that and more coming up. Thanks for waking up with the Morning Vaults, where you get the most important Ravens news and our opinions in about 30 minutes. All right, Bobby, we'll quickly jump into Lamar here. It's obvious (laughs) I'm losing my voice. I've been trying to fight it. I've got something going on for a week. I remember back at the Jets game, that was your flu game. I don't know what's going on with me, but it's been going on for about a week. I've been trying to fight it, and it seems like it's getting worse. But just wanted to get that out there. Sorry about my voice. You're in warrior mode right now. You're barely hanging on by a thread, (laughs) but uh, you've been traveling. You've been doing your, your motherly duties. I mean, there's so much going on right now as we get ready for training camp. So I'm glad you mentioned that because... All the folks within Vault Nation got to have a little bit of empathy for you here because we got a packed episode coming up and we'll begin with Lamar Jackson officially showing up to one winning drive. Lamar Jackson reporting live, ready for camp. Number six, it's number six, right? Dang, that happened fast. I'm ready, man. Let's get to it, man. Flock Nation. Yeah, it did happen fast. And Sarah, you put sort of a collage together on Twitter from year one as a rookie and fast forward to now, and my gosh, the, the development just from like a physical stat, his neck, like his shoulders, <laughs> he's really uh, obviously transformed himself as a as a player physically, but uh, just emotionally, spiritually, 
And what he's done on the field over the last six years is it's like we blinked. We blinked and he's gone from like this young man body into a more grown man body for sure. And I don't know what it was about that video. Um, We just played the audio of it. Maybe you got it from the audio, but watching the video, it was maybe six seconds long. I don't know what it is about Lamar. He is so freaking likable. He just he just oozes likability and he just makes you smile. So just having him in the building, it just makes everybody smile. He's looking clean too. He's got that hair and braids, dreads. I'm not sure what the what the exact uh, label is for that, but he's looking like clean. He's looking lean. He's looking mean, and he's ready to roll for year six. And you were ready to roll on Thursday. You found a clip that as we tape this on Thursday night, the 20th, it's generating a ton of buzz online like we both thought it would. And it's former NFL wide receiver James Jones speaking on Fox Sports, uh, specifically speak for yourself with Emmanuel Acho and, and a, a bunch of other panelists, including uh, LaShawn McCoy. We, we often use these guys for, for content. Uh, but what James had to say, and, and you, you tweeted this, specifically about his conversation recently with offensive coordinator Todd Munkin, I think is ever, it's going to have everybody buzzing. I had an opportunity to go down there to Baltimore and get into facilities and, and talk to Munkin. And he said, we are taking Lamar Action Jackson back to Louisville. Ooh. It's full wide. Come get Whoa. him. Ooh. He's going to get the ball out of his hands. He's going to throw this thing, make the right reads. And it's not going to be nine people in the box that he got to juke. Mm-hmm. If he does choose to scramble, it's going to be five people in the box. He got to make one miss to go do what he does. All we've been hearing is how talented a passer Lamar Jackson is, and he just ain't had the chance to show it. Mm. He is going to get the opportunity to show that this year, and it's up to him, like you said, Ancho. Mm. The plays will be right. Mm. They will be called right. The ball is going to be in Lamar Action Jackson's hands, and he has all the weapons around him to get that done. Another thing I'm hearing out of that camp is Zay Flowers is the best receiver out there, including OBJ, and it ain't close. Mm. So with everybody eyes on OBJ and OBJ come back to the Rams in the Super Bowl and finishing that year out strong, looking like that OBJ with the addition of Zay Flowers, who can do everything. He's not just a burner. You could put him on the outside. You could put him in the slot to run all the routes. This offense has answers to every single thing any defense wants to give them. And it's a bigger answer when you talk about Lamar Action Jackson being able to use his legs when they're spread out like that. Ho, 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 ho. You talk about a glowing review. Uh, we got a bunch of different things to unpack, including the, the Zay nugget. But we should probably begin with Lamar going back to Louisville, where, as we know, his numbers retired. He's a Heisman Trophy winner in the past. And he threw it all over the barn week in and week out under Bobby Petrino in a pro style led offense there, which Todd Munkin's apparently going to try and emulate now. Oh, my gosh. You know, you know, that video gets people hype and as it should. Now, some of it I think might be a little bit of hyperbole, which we'll get into, but I don't want to spoil the fun of it yet. I mean, it definitely gets us all hype. It's so funny, Bobby, because for years I've heard people say like he Lamar played in a pro style offense. And sometimes that just becomes like this buzzword. And I'm like, does anybody know what they, what, 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 what exactly we're saying when we're saying that he, he ran this pro style offense. Uh, at Louisville. So I started looking into this and I, 
as I did so, what I found was that after his 2016 season, when he won the Heisman, it was the following year that Bobby Petrino, according to some art, we should get somebody on here that knows Lamar's record as a, as like watched him at Louisville. I know I didn't, I don't think you did. Uh, we didn't watch him like that. We were covering the Ravens. I, I for sure was. So I'm reading about this, and it was the 2017 season after he won the Heisman that Bobby Petrino announces and says that he's going to start moving him more under center because before he was more pistol, shotgun, all that kind of stuff. And everybody's like, what are you doing? And I'm reading an article tonight about how it like could mess things up. How could you not use his legs? But Petrino does it because he he's the article that I'm reading. He's saying, no, we got to get him ready for, for the NFL. And then, of course, they change it. And Lamar is still a Heisman Trophy finalist, you know, mm-hmm. and very well could have won again. And so this is this is crazy to me that we've been having the same conversation that they already had at Louisville. They already did the experiment. He can do it. So when James Jones says they're going to go four wide, in my view, that probably still includes Andrews or a tight end. I don't know that they're going to be out there a ton of times with four wide receivers, but I think for sure we're going to see more of a spread offense. And to James Jones' point, when you have that spread offense, he is going to be able to scramble. And by and that's why I keep still saying to people, I still think Lamar can get a thousand yards rushing in his sleep, because when you're going to spread the ball out as much as Todd Munkin is saying he's going to do, and if things break down, Lamar's going to be gone. He's going to be gone. So I think he can definitely bring his his passing game up another level but I still think he'll break a thousand yards rushing but yeah I still think so with his pro style I think he's going to be under center more I think there's going to be more timing more there's going to be progressions there's going to be getting the ball out and so this is just going to be exciting I can't I, I again so I don't know about having four wide receivers out there but I do think the rest that he talked about with Lamar I see that coming I love what you just said about like a almost like a prediction that he's easily going to get a thousand yards rushing because because taking what the you know the defense gives him or or, you know improving that's when he's at his best and to think that he's not going to be able to pick up chunk plays on non you know scheme related things that are drawn up for him you know where he has option or whatever that's that's when he actually probably picks up the biggest chunk highlight reel types of plays is when things break down and when he fi- finds a hole and just improvs. And next thing you know, ro- guys like Ronnie Stanley and everybody are running 10, 15, 20, 30 yards down the field because it's rolling. You know, let's, let's go. So I could easily see him hitting that category as well. And I think that's a great point. So I think we speak for everyone who's interacted with that tweet that this is what we're envisioning. And now that Todd's leaning into this and not shying away whatsoever from what he feels is going to be the bread and butter, I think Todd's going to be the perfect guy. He's a no BS kind of guy. But clearly, as we transition here to Zay, this coaching staff, they're having conversation. They're not afraid about having conversations about their oozing confidence about not only Zay, but what this offense might look like, right? This is probably the second or third time this week that we've shared some form of content from either a former player or a national media figure that clearly has had conversations in house. 
Yeah, I, we, it's funny because we've said this offline and somehow it hasn't made it into the podcast, but it was the Sal Palantonio episode where he was going off about Zay Flowers too. Not quite to the point of, of James Jones here, but he was going off and I was like, Sal Pal is a John Harbaugh guy. Like they've known, maybe I did say that in that episode. But, yeah. Okay, okay, I did. So they go back to, to Philadelphia. And so this hype around Zay Flowers I could be wrong, but my feeling is that it's coming from the coaches and from people inside the building, because where else were these national guys? And, and, and you know what? And in this quote from, from James Jones, he is crediting it to, to Munkin. I mean, at least he just said he was talking to Munkin while he was in there. So the one thing that I want to pull back on Zay and listen, you and I haven't seen him play. So I can't say Hey, with my own eyes, I've seen it. He's going to be phenomenal in the NFL. Obviously, we've seen it at Boston College, and and, and uh, we'll see if it's going to translate. The one thing, though, that I think may be a little bit of hyperbole is he said that Zay's the best wide receiver out there, including OBJ, and it's and it ain't so not close. even close. Yeah, yeah right. that's exciting. But let's remember, <laughs> Rashad Bateman didn't participate in the offseason because he's rehabbing his Liz Frank injury. And then OBJ just came for the mandatory minicamp. And he, I think, practiced, what was it, Bobby, one, maybe two days? And it was, yeah, based off of reports, it was pretty light work. So I hope Zay was looking better than the rest of the people out there. We heard a lot about Nelson Aguilar and how good he looked from the local media. So if Zay's looking like way better than all those other guys, I believe it. But the fact that he said, including OBJ, that's interesting because, you know what, OBJ, from from what I heard from, from the reporters that are out there, he looked phenomenal out there. So that maybe this is a compliment that's not pushing down OBJ and it's just saying how good Zay is. I don't know, but my, init- my initial reaction was like that might be a little bit of hyperbole because those two guys really didn't practice all offseason. You can always get carried away when the – you know, the red light is on and, and you're live. So maybe that was just a, an overreaction, but, but I, I could, I find myself wanting to buy stock in, in that thought because of how much experience he has coming out of BC. Like this is a four year player, a guy whose productivity was through the roof, a guy who was coming out as heftier and probably more durable than Marquise Brown at Oklahoma was a couple of years ago. Didn't have the injury that, that Marquise had to deal with as well in the foot with the screws his rookie year and he's more explosive yards after the catch and and just from a girth standpoint too we remember the the tweet that went viral during the pre-draft process that he beefed up like i think it was 10 to 12 pounds or something and the, and the before and after photo was insane in such a short amount of time so i find myself wanting to buy into that but i'm actually unlike what i said to you and i thought we were going to have more of a back and forth on this during our pre-show meeting but you're right because i actually hadn't listened to the clip in full from james jones and i'm with you i think it's a little bit of an overreaction but obviously these these are all positive things to be arguing about you know yeah absolutely i think we're we're on the same page there uh transitioning here a little bit bobby i wanted to get back into the running back market conversation. We've kind of touched on it. And I don't know if our listeners care about it as much as I do. I, for some reason, it's, it's very interesting, interesting to me. I love the market and, and the contract talks. And obviously there's a, there's a Raven element with, with Dobbins who's uh, 
not super happy with how much money he's making right now. And then his, his contract is up after the season. So he's going to be in a similar situation that Saquon and all these other running backs across the league are in. So we've had some debate about that. But on Thursday, two former Ravens both came up with some proposed solutions with what they feel is a broken running back market. Okay, so there was Dominique Foxworth, who was a cornerback here in Baltimore, and then obviously Robert Griffin III, who obviously was a quarterback here. So I'm going to summarize Fox's uh, because RG3 is a little bit longer, but um, and I really wanted to dig into his. So Dominique Foxworth talked about uh, this performance base pay pool. Bobby, just so I, you may be like others. Have you ever heard of performance-based pay pool? I just had to do a quick refresher via Google. And then between yeah. that and, and one of your tweets to some folks that were asking, it all, it reminded me. Okay. But I didn't know yeah. off the top of my head. So I think some other pro- people are probably in that boat. Yeah, yeah. So I just said, so, so by you just barely being reminded, because it's not the top of my of, of our minds, there's people who tweeted, us, tweeted at us and was like, whoa, what is this a thing? Have you ever heard of it? I've definitely heard of it because it's usually like these late round draft picks or maybe even undrafted guys. The Ravens have, or not the Ravens, the NFL has a pool of money and it's like hundreds of millions of dollars that they dole out to guys on their rookie contracts. Uh, I can't remember if it's for veterans too, but I, I, it's more given out to, to rookies and it's usually guys in the late round where if they overperform their contract, they, they give out money to them. So a guy that I recently remember that's gotten that is Bradley Bozeman, right? Because he was a six rounder, eventually this starting center, starting left guard, way outperforming his rookie contract. In 2019, I looked it up. He got about 400000 for for um playing better. So what Fox was proposing is he was saying, keep that pool, but add more to it. That's only designated for running backs. So he says, if running backs, he said, maybe there's some like rushing yards or touchdowns or whatever. And then that way they have their own pool of money. And if they hit certain standards then they get some money. So that had made some rounds. And I've actually heard that um, pro football talk had proposed that I actually don't think that that would work. And I wouldn't like it. Um, only because I think anytime you just make a special category for one position, I just don't think it's going to work because you would have to force the owners to do it. And to do that, you would have to get all player positions to do it. But for all player positions to kind of like rally around the running backs, they would want that too. So like if a wide receiver was not on a great contract, they'd be like, wait, I want to perform. You know what I mean? So like the performance base pool is for all positions right now. And so I just don't like the idea of like a, a perk goes to just one position. Okay. So I thought it was a clever idea. I've heard other people talk about it. Not my favorite. Maybe some other people like it, but what I like a little bit better is what RG three said, which is going to be hard, but I think is probably the right solution. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences 
So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Running backs have an opportunity in front of them to change the NFL forever. The only real solution to fix how running backs are treated when it's time to get paid is a solution for all players. Running backs have to lead the charge in pushing for a renegotiation of the CBA. With the key points being that all rookies have three-year contracts, regardless of their draft position, and eliminating the franchise tag and transition tag for all players. This solution wouldn't just benefit running backs, but it would benefit all players by getting them to free agency faster. When you look at running backs specifically, they are being devalued not just because it's a passing league now and not just because you can find similar production from late round draft picks or undrafted running backs due to the supply and demand of quality backs out there. Special ones are being devalued because they spend the majority of their prime years on their rookie deal. You see, the average NFL career is three years long. But when it comes to running backs, that number goes down to two. And it can take some players up to six years long to reach free agency off of their rookie deal. So a running back with six years of poundage on them? Yeah, they're treated by NFL decision makers like Britney Spears was by Wimby with slap-in-the-face contract offers. So by restricting rookie contracts to three years and eliminating franchise and transition tag, it would allow running backs to get to free agency faster and make top dollar during their prime earning years. But I'm telling you now, having been a player rep with the NFLPA, they would never negotiate a CBA based off of one position because they have so many other players that they have to take care of. But if these new parameters apply to all players and the players decided to unite as a whole, that would be a whole nother story. But here's the thing. With seven years left on the current CBA, the only way to get this done is to strike. And boy, I tell you, that won't be an easy task. First of all, the CBA has anti-strike language in it. So the players technically can't strike, but practically they can. And if the players want change now, they have to be willing to go the extra mile. That's a big ask because these players have families to feed and bills to pay. But in the end, it will be worth it. 
You see, this is disguised as a running back issue, but it's really not. All NFL players should want to get to free agency faster because it'll help them make more money. And a crucial step in getting there could be as simple as the star players of the NFL taking over the NFL PA and having a more vested interest in what's going on. Just a couple of things. What I liked about RG3 is it's a solution for all positions, not just running back. So, yes, that's somebody, something everybody could 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 get behind. Number two is, I don't know if people know this, but the whole reason why they have the rookie contracts and the rookie pay scale is the players propose that themselves because veterans started, they hated when rookies would come in, guys like Jamarcus Russell, Matt Leinart, Sam Bradford, and would get so such a big percentage of the salary cap and they turn out to be busts. Plus some of these guys, there'd be so many rookie holdouts that would just like hurt the team in training camp while like your star players like Ray Lewis are there. In fact, if memory, memory serves, I try to look it up tonight, but I read out of time. I think I remember Ray Lewis kind of complaining about this. Like, why are these guys? So it was actually the NFLPA that was like, let's put them on a rookie pay scale through so many years so that the the veterans, the star players who are making the league the most money, they get the most money out of the the uh, salary cap. So they're the ones that propose it. The thing is, is that this, the players wanted it to be for three years. In fact, I think there were tons of different proposals, but one of them was that they were proposing four years for players one through three and then three years for the rest. The NFL wanted first rounders to be on six year contracts. Well, that was for quarterbacks only. And then the rest being these four year deals. So they were going back and forth. I agree with RG three. I think three years is the sweet spot because by then, you know, if somebody's a bust or not, but then you're also not killing certain positions like running back where it's like they've used all their prime years. And so now they can't be used anymore and they can't be paid. I would hope that the NFL would be like, Look, look, we don't just want to like eat up running backs and spin them out like we want to give them a chance. So I think three years would be nice, but I think that it has to be done through the CBA, which is what RG3 said. As he said it seven years away, he said, you're gonna have to strike. I don't think that's going to happen. But the th- but the CBA just happened three years ago, so this should have been addressed by the NFLPA. And I bring this all up because people are yelling at the owners about it. It's like yell at the NFLPA about it. They're the ones that need like they just agreed to this three years ago. And so that's when you have to do it. The owners are protecting their interests. The NFLPA is supposed to be protecting the interests of the players. They need to push for it to be three years. And by the way, the franchise tag, he said, you got to get rid of the franchise tag. That is such a powerful tool for the owners, Bobby, which is why I said many times it would bother Lamar fans, I would say that Lamar didn't have very much leverage. He had some, but not a ton. Not because Lamar can't negotiate or whatever, because that's how powerful the franchise tag is. That's how powerful it is. And it was supposed to be, it was, again, it's another negotiating tactic that if you go back in the history, you find out why it was the the players were trying to put in free agency and the and the, the owners were like, fine, we'll do free agency, but we need to have one guy that we can keep that we build our, our, uh, our franchise around. So anyway, there's lots of history to all this, but it's got to be the CBA. I think three years would really be the fair thing. And um, the NFLPA has just got to step up and figure out how to get it done. I don't envision that tag going anywhere anytime soon, you know, <laughs> no. because of how powerful of a tool it is to your point. And I was looking at RG three's mentions and everybody and every, 
everybody is talking about this, whether it's former players, current players, running backs themselves, media members, everybody is throwing in an opinion in here, including Kyle Van Noy, who is a current free agent, but he won a couple Super Bowl titles with the Patriots. Uh, He tweeted back at, at RG3 and said, this sounds nice. And as someone who's been to meetings as well, those were all good points. But until you have Joe Burrow, Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, Lamar Jackson, and Josh Allen sitting at a table and demanding CBA changes, it won't matter. Top QBs are the ones to move the needle. So interesting stuff there. Yeah, it probably is. But there isn't going to be a strike. <laughs> no, no. There isn't I don't think be so. Strike. No. And, Maybe and from the running point, backs. If, if folks want to direct anger, direct your anger at the NFL Players Association who knew what they were getting into three years ago when they signed this. I'm, I'm very sure, pretty certain, this is not the last time that we're going to discuss this before the start of the season. So for now, we'll stick a pin in it and talk about some Madden ratings, both Marlon Humphrey and Mark Andrews were listed at top five players in their respective positions. Marlon comes in as the number five ranked cornerback league-wide with an overall grade of 93, 92 for speed, 94 for acceleration, 94 for man coverage, 91 in zone, and 94 uh, at press. So again, if you care about these things, that's Marlon Humphrey. On the other side, it's Mark Andrews who comes in Number three overall, kind of exactly where we expect him to be behind Kelsey and Kittle. No, he's no, no, no. Mark Andrews is number two. Where are you seeing that? Oh, my bad. I guess I'm looking at the top 10 short route running. I see the wrong list. My bad. (laughs) Keep going, Bobby. I'll just well, that's what's so funny about Be quiet. Yeah, save that, please. Will you save (laughs) whatever you got left there? We need you coming up next week when you come to town, but uh. But no, so every single category, catching, stamina, spectacular catch, catching traffic, acceleration is sometimes they break them up into individual graphics. So anyway, overall, number three, 95 overall grade. And that's where those two stand. In other news, Ravens outside linebacker Adafe Owe posted a mirror selfie. That's right. A mirror selfie around midnight Eastern a day or so ago from the weight room. So, you know, he's in the lab. He's gearing up for year three. It's a pivotal one for him, Sarah, as we've mentioned in recent weeks. I feel like Owe wants it. I feel like he wants it. I hope that, you know, I guess because he's a first rounder, because he doesn't he hasn't busted out, say, like Kyle Hamilton or or, um, Linderbaum. Right. They become instantly like good at what they're doing. I, I guess not instantly, but you you know what I mean? Like within the first year. So this is year three. People want to. Yeah. It mainstays. There we go. That's a good word for it. Anyway, it's year three. Odafe hasn't quite lived up to like, you know, a first round kind of ticket. So I understand the frustration there. But on the other hand, don't you just want to like, I, I mean, just like rally around him. He wants it so bad. This isn't a case of like showing up training camp out of shape or like, you know what I mean? Like, I just feel like he wants it so bad and he's working with David Ojabo. And so then he's working at the weight room in the Ravens facility at midnight. Like this dude wants it so bad. And whether it happens this year or year four, I feel like it can come. 
Um, so I'm just rallying around him at this point and hope that he can make this happen this year. I'm rooting for him for sure. And, and hopefully he, he takes that next step. Uh, what else do we have here? Odell Beckham Jr. has had quite the eventful offseason. And the latest along those lines is that he's training, boxing actually specifically, with professional MMA fighter Kamaru Usman. There's video of Usman essentially holding the pads for OBJ. It looks like they're in Miami or somewhere down in Florida. So OBJ's getting ready. He's been doing a little bit of everything, including some individual workouts with Lamar, going to the whiteout party, Michael Rubin's whiteout party. So the guy's the superstar of our, of all superstars. And you got to love when superstars from different sports uh, overlap which he often does so I, Bobby OBJ seems like he has the most exciting life he is he like dots the map he's everywhere I would just love to know what it's like to be OBJ I mean that guy is everywhere with stars from everywhere and it just looks like such a fun fun time of life yeah for sure I, I love the videos of his son too they're, they're like two peas yeah. in a pod and they look identical which is hilarious so before we close, you can't not mention what happened just down south of Baltimore on Thursday. Dan Snyder is no longer an NFL owner after 24 seasons. And as Adam Schefter tweeted out, Washington had six playoff appearances over that span. That's it. Two playoff wins, no NFC championship game appearances, 10 different head coaches, 27 different starting quarterbacks, and a 427 winning percentage. That ranked 27th in the NFL. You want to talk about night and day franchises between the one that we're, you know, obviously um, privileged to cover. It has been a war zone, essentially, for that fan base down south of us, and you got to feel for them. By the way, the new ownership group, which includes Josh Harris and Magic Johnson, they are embarking on quite a journey here, and all of D.C., is loving every second of it. Josh uh, bought beers for every single fan who went into the bullpen, which is actually, I used to live there right after college, right after, not at the bullpen, but right around the corner in the Navy yard. And so the place is rocking. It was as if it was the Super Bowl there today. And I'm telling you, they're rejoicing in the streets of Washington, D.C. right now that Dan Snyder is no longer. Now, who's really laughing? It's Snyder, probably. He led a group that purchased the Washington franchise in 1999 for $800 million at the time. As I mentioned, 24 years later, he sells the team for over $6 billion. Oh That's gosh. just north of $6 billion, 6.05. That comes out to nearly a 70% return on that initial investment back in 99. So as much as... He was obviously a polarizing figure to say the very least. He's walking away a rich, rich man. I can't even fathom that kind of money. That's monopoly money. I can't even fathom it. It's absurd. We'll finish with this, though, because the Cincinnati Bengals are set to induct two of their former stars into the ring of honor. Chad Ocho Cinco Johnson and the former Maryland Terrapin quarterback, Boomer Esiason. How about that? Dude, I, I listen, every time I hear about Chad, Chad Ochocinco Johnson, you have to remember when he tried to go knock out Ray Lewis, when Ray Lewis wasn't watching in this on the on 
<laughs> he goes to do it, and Ray Lewis isn't even looking at him and still runs him over, lays him out, Bobby, if you remember. He's like laying in the end zone, trying to like regain the get the stars out of his eyes and he goes over explaining to the trainers he's like i try to get ray i try to get him out but he ran me over and the traders are like laughing as he's explaining he's like i messed up i messed up i went after ray but he got me one of my favorite all-time clips with chad ochocinco but for real even though they're you know the afc north enemies these two are both legends so congratulations to them getting into that ring of honor Chad is one of the biggest personalities I think sports has ever seen. So I'm sure that day when they are inducted will be rather entertaining. So anyway, because I mentioned this earlier in the week too, and I know we have some, some folks that just love Baltimore sports in general, whether we're talking Ravens, Orioles, Maryland, you name it for the first time since August 12th, 2016, as of Thursday night, the 2023 Baltimore Orioles sit atop the AL East division. It's been seven years since they've done so. They beat the Tampa Bay Rays in extras on Thursday night. Baltimore's buzzing right now. And over the next couple of weeks, when we start to have overlap between training camp and the Orioles potentially making a run, essentially pennant chasing, get ready, partner. Get ready. It's going to be a lot of fun in this town. I can't wait to be there. I cannot wait to be there next week for all of this. We cannot wait to have you here. We cannot wait to, we, who's we? I can't wait to meet you. Can't wait to have your son here as well. <laughs> we have so much planned coming up next next week. So be on the lookout for all of that. Sala's interview drops on Saturday morning. That is the 22nd. And as always, we wanted to shout out two of our returning patrons who are supporting both of us, our channel, the audio only program that we do on Patreon this month. So Sarah Kendall, Dion Coleman, we appreciate you both for believing in what we're building here in Baltimore and beyond. And if you're interested in doing the same, check out what we're offering on Patreon by visiting patreon.com forward slash Ravens Vault podcast. So for my co-host, Sarah Ellison, I'm Bobby Trossett signing off from this Friday morning vault edition. Have a great weekend. And coming up next week, we got nitty gritty training camp stuff to get to. That's the content that's coming. That's the content that you've been waiting for. And that's what we're delivering on coming up next week inside the vault. <laughs>